Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Please welcome Reverend Thomas Perchlick. Elevating Evaluation. You may have seen this cartoon in which there's a congregation of white dogs with black spots all listening from pews to a preacher dog who's up in a raised pulpit. He seems to be quoting from some scripture, and he reads, And he spake unto them, saying, No, no, bad dogs. The caption to the image is, Hellfire and Dalmatians. Religion is often associated with criticism, with condemnation of sin, but criticism, if done poorly, has the power to drag down the human spirit. It is easy to name what we don't like and try to cut it from the world. It is much harder to elevate criticism, to make it elevating a servant of strength and well-being, especially in this age when religions are criticizing one another, whether it's conflict between human beings, it is essential that we make evaluation a source of elevating thought, encouragement to growth, and the betterment of the human soul. It is not enough to complain, however good it feels. We must criticize well. The notable Unitarian Universalist, Reverend Kenneth L. Patton, spoke about criticism in religion. He said, to criticize is not to reject. This point must be emphasized for it is the dividing line between the free mind and fanaticism. It is the doorway to a universal religion that rigorously seeks the truth and yet is also inclusive, welcoming to all. To keep an openness of mind and spirit as well as a rigorous and passionate commitment to truth, we need both criticism and kindness. Mark Twain once noted that the trade of the critic is the most degraded of all trades. Even when, we're not, when we do not mean to be cruel, even when criticism is expected, it can be hard to hear. It can be hard to have someone tell us that we did wrong or that they disagree with what we think. Each of us is often our own worst critic and the harsh speech of another will amplify in our hearts. So in order to make evaluation and criticism elevating, we must first get permission to evaluate. We must seek to elevate and not to berate. We must describe what better would look like and we must learn to use I statements. Above all, we must be positive. To begin to evaluate, we must get permission. Even those who are in a position to evaluate must make sure that the person that they are evaluating is open to the criticism. It's a story about a man, Donald MacDonald, from the Isle of Man, who went to study at a a London university and was living in a hall of residence with the other students. After he'd been there a month, his mother called him and said, How do you find the English students, Donald? Mother, he replied, there's such terrible, noisy people. On, on the east, one on the east side keeps banging his head on the wall and won't stop. The one on the other side screams all night. His mother responded, oh, Donald, how do you manage to put up with these awful, noisy English neighbors? And Donald said, Mother, I do nothing. 
I just ignore them and sit here quietly playing my bagpipes. Some people simply won't hear your criticism or they will hear it wrong because they don't want to hear it. Somerset Mom, the writer, noted, people will ask you sometimes for criticism, but they only want praise. I've been to writers' groups where this is the norm, where a poet will bring a poem and ask for criticism, but really what they want to be told is how wonderful, how beautiful, how evocative their work is. If persons are willing to open themselves to criticism, they become open to the power of truth and change. Religion at its best seeks continually the growing goodness of humankind. If you simply want a pat on the back, you will never achieve greatness. To move towards excellence, you must find someone you respect, someone you trust, and then you must give them permission to evaluate your work. If you're in the position to evaluate, make sure that the person you're speaking with is open to evaluation. And as with Donald's neighbors, make sure that they understand what you're trying to do. And what you are trying to do is to elevate the person, not to berate them. No one wants criticism alone. In other words, to elevate evaluation, you must focus not on mistakes of the past, but a vision of a better future. One should not criticize war, but be makers of peace. One should not only point out injustice, but be just in how we live. It's essential in religious discourse, that we not merely point out the things that we see wrong in in another religion, but move towards raising up the strength and well-being of those religious people. Matthew Arnold's definition of criticism was a disinterested endeavor to learn and propagate the best that is known and thought in the world. And Joseph Addison said, A true critic ought to dwell rather upon excellencies than imperfections to discover the concealed beauties of an artist and communicate to the world such things as are worth their observation. The good critic makes you an artist of whatever you do. Religious communities seek to make artists of its members, artists of life and of living. The point is not merely to elevate evaluation, but to elevate people. Religious education is not the imparting of information, but the growth and strengthening of individuals. Do not merely say what is wrong. Describe how it could be better. And that is the the next point of elevating evaluation. Describe what the path to better is like. For example, there's these two uh, British women, Trini Woodhall and Susanna Constantine. They give fashion advice. They have a TV program and written books called What Not to Wear. Their advice is not about high fashion, but how an average woman can choose clothes that make her particular shape look more or less lovely. If you think that British people are polite, polite and reserved and restrained. You couldn't be more wrong. These fashion critics are fun to watch because they're so forward coming up to complete strangers and saying with complete candor what is wrong with their fashion choices, sometimes poking or prodding the women's particular physical attributes. However, they always begin with positive statements like, your face is so beautiful or you could look so beautiful. 
before they say, but the pants you've chosen make your backside look like you're wearing saddlebags. But they will always quickly go on to describe what the woman could look like, how her particular shape could look better if clothed properly. They pepper their criticism with descriptions of clothes that will make the person look lovelier, more graceful, more dignified. They always say what better will look like. They give simple, practical suggestions. They hold up high expectations of success. Of course, on their show, they even buy the woman uh, that they've just embarrassed on television a new outfit that really does make her look better. They show what better looks like. And so it can be with a person's behavior, whether you're evaluating their speech or their work at a workplace or how they are acting in the world, their ethics and morals. Describe what you hope they will be, not simply what you want them to stop doing, but the health, the well-being, the abundance, the joy that you hope will come into their lives. Now, when you're doing this, you should always describe someone's words or work using I statements. This is a difficult discipline to learn, I know, but it's very much worth the effort because it establishes a reorientation of the mind. Say not, you make me angry, but when you do that, I feel angry. It is a description of how you experience their behavior. Instead of saying, you are doing this wrong, say, I don't like the way that you are doing this. I want you to do this differently. I statements are about owning your words and reactions rather than assuming your opinions are those of God Almighty and predetermined by truth itself. This is especially dangerous in religion where people are convinced that their opinions are not their opinions but those of God. Remember that bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. These sorts of people should not be engaged in evaluation because they have no humility and they have no personal integrity. They're unwilling to see their own mistakes and their own errors of judgment. If you're going to be a good critic, you must own your statement. You give more accurate information to that person because you're telling them not some absolute standard, but you're speaking from your experience, your understanding. You're telling them what is happening. This also reinforces the idea that complaints and criticism should never be anonymous. Sometimes anonymous criticism is useful if people in weak positions want to be able to have some sort of input and not be threatened by those of power. But usually, anonymity and complaining is a way of avoiding ownership and responsibility altogether. Above all, if one is to be a critic, one is, must be positive. Not only describe what better looks like, but affirm the person's ability to reach that and frame all of your criticism in positive statements about their well-being, their worth, their strength. Be positive. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, and better yet, it's two or three spoonfuls. Just don't forget the medicine. Toastmasters Club I joined in Texas. It was a great uh, group. The the word of the day, the first time I came, was positive, and it turned out to be the, the word of the year, word of all the five years that I was part of that club. Always they were positive. They taught me how to evaluate. Part of what I learned was that 
every aspect of the meeting should be evaluated. And the basic model was to emphasize first a strength, to say, I liked something, or I, this, this response was good for me, or I enjoyed this part, or I felt this part was well run. And then to point out one thing that needed improvement, one source of weakness, one thing that had gone wrong, not giving all the things, even if there were a hundred things wrong in a speech, just choose the one that the person could work on, something that they could focus on for that moment, and then to repeat again the things that you thought had been done well. By telling people what they do well, by emphasizing what they've done well, by emphasizing their successes, it gives them strength and encouragement to, to improve. It gives them a confidence that they can do things well. And then by only giving one thing for them to work on, to focus on, it gives them the, uh, the ability and the opportunity to fix what needs to be fixed. That club was like a perfect religious community where people are elevated and evaluation is useful and never degrading. At, a, at its best, religious education helps elevate evaluation of scriptures, of politics, of social movements, and most importantly, of ourselves. Healthy theology is grounded in the vision of a loving God who seeks not to give us hell and damnation, but hope and courage. Let us believe in a criticism, an evaluation that elevates the person, lifts up the soul, and in doing so creates better community. Because when you're a good evaluator and you elevate someone through your evaluation, they will become more fond of you, you will become more fond of them, and each of you will have joined together in elevating evaluation. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.